Well, Quincy, the audience is shuffling out. The curtain has fallen. We're in the shower, scrubbing the green out from behind our ears. The show is over, but the journey is not because we are here in our special degreenifying episode, our degreen debrief. Did you have this intro? I did it. I did it. It literally just came to me. Our degreen debrief. Listeners, Kevin volunteered to start this banter section, and I just find it hard to believe. (laughs) I swear. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Quincy, welcome to the last episode. The last episode. Y'all thought you were done with the Carrie episode because didn't we kind of like talk in the Carrie episode as if it was the end? Or am I making that up? We kind of did, but then we've been saying that we have more planned. But yeah, here we are to debrief on this fantastic season of 16 episodes. So this is 17, yeah. 17 episodes that we just did. Wow. How are you feeling, Kevin? I'm feeling good. I feel like since we recorded the Carrie episode, you and I have kind of had more of a conversation about what comes next for us. So I'm really excited to like wrap this chapter up so we can jump into what's next. Yes, for sure. And we had like a really good talk, but it was funny because at the end it was like, wait, it's crazy that it took us 17 episodes to kind of have this moment of clarity of like, what are we doing? How are we doing this? Why are we doing it? Because I think we were so like singularly focused on what we were doing and that kind of like scene by scene analysis and all of Mm -hmm. that, that... I don't think we really needed to have that check-in. And I also think we learned that, like, we're pretty much on the same page. We didn't, like, have any fighting or arguing or anything. Yeah, no. So unlike us. (laughs) (laughs) How was your week? Anything special? It's kind of a fun week at my job because um, I work with apprentices at my job. So this week has been a lot of looking at the resumes and all of that of uh, applicants. Maybe some of them are listening. Uh, Do you think your apprentices are looking at our relationship being like, wow, maybe one day I can have a podcast with my internship supervisor? (laughs) What about you? How was your week? Um, I got vaccinated this week. Oh my God, that's right. I forgot. That was only this week. I feel like that happened a month ago. We got that first shot in me. Yes. I'll be there soon. I'll catch up to you. Yeah, according to Biden, everyone will be there by May. Which means summer in the city is going to be... Smelly as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so guys, this episode, we're going to recap kind of what we thought of this past season, some moments that we really loved. We have a fun game to play with you guys at the end. But before we get into it, you thought we were done with this bit? We were not. We'll never be done. I don't think we could end this season without talking about the share show in a stuck on SJB. And what I want to talk about in the share show is the cut ballad version of Believe. <laughs> okay, tying it back to our bootleg episode, this bootleg that the prevalent bootleg of this cut ballad version of Believe, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this, all of you have seen. If You've not, heard please it. go take a look. Um, was filmed by one of the like masters that I used to get bootlegs from back in the day. Really? Full circle, his username was Sunset Boulevard 79. Sunset Boulevard, throwing it back to the pilot, your fake favorite musical answer. (laughs) Which honestly, I don't know that saying Sunset Boulevard is my favorite musical over Wicked gives me that much more credit, (laughs) you know? Yeah. 
But yeah, so I just rewatched in preparation for this. And here's my thing. I don't understand why it was cut from the show. To me, because I remember watching that bootleg before I saw it on Broadway because it was from the out-of-town Chicago run. Um, and I was like, oh, this is what's going to win her the Tony. Like this scene right here. Because mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. acting. The emotions are there. It's like the vocals are there. Everything is there. It's, uh, yeah. I wanted to pick your brain as to potential reasons as to why it was cut. I have some yeah. thoughts, but I would love to hear yours. Well, my first instinct, I wonder if because the song is this kind of like campy dance hit that like once you heard those lyrics, if it was like getting a laugh. That was literally my exact thinking. It like takes you out of the moment. And see, I compare that to in a lower stake situation, Stephanie J. Block singing No Good Deed Goes Unpunished in 9 to 5. Where like that Very would take me similar. out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it did. (laughs) Every time I listen to that, I'm like, yes, bitch, no good deed. But to me, it's like the arrangement of the song is so beautiful and so um, genuine in its intent that like I buy it, you know? And even if you get to like an initial laugh, I still think it works for the moment. I wonder like what else they tried before making the decision to cut it. And another thought I had was it kind of has a similar emotional gravitas to the way of love in the context of the show today. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. it has a similar vibe. So I was like, oh, was it too... I think back to... I remember the Rent movie, the director's justification for cutting Goodbye Love from the Rent movie was that it was just too much emotion. And, like, by the end of it, you were just exhausted. So yeah. So I was like, maybe... I remember that, too. I remember thinking it was bullshit. <laughs> back to the Share Show question, too. I wonder if another part of the decision was, like... That is arguably like one of the most famous share songs. And I wonder if using it in that moment kind of like wasted it for the mega mix. But to me, it's like put the ballad in and then bring it back in the mega mix. Cause I was like, oh, wait, what did they end up doing with Believe in Share Show Final? Yeah. And it was the three girls sing like a snippet of it at one point when they come together and be like, we're all share. And yeah. then <laughs> they mega mix it at the end. Yeah. Like it's never actually utilized in the show. I know. But I think that the. I think the mega mix in the show is like very similar to how Cher ends her concerts. So I wonder if it was just like a creative thing. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I love it, but I love it in its present form too. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, Cher, Cher, Cher. I love the Cher show. Cher, Cher, Cher. Cher, Cher, Cher. Yeah, so that's... (laughs) That's all I want to say for the Suck on SJB. I don't necessarily think it should have gotten cut. I do love it, though. I love that it exists today. I love that Stephanie performs it today, so she's not letting that legacy die. Yes. One more thing about the Cher show. It cannot go unsaid. I love the tooth whitening story. Wait, you really do? Like, Kevin, you bring this up a lot. I bring it up all the time. I think it's the funniest story, and I love hearing her tell it. You likened it to Gaga's. It is. It's her hundred people in a room. All you need is one. It's such a good anecdote. It is. It's a It's a perfect, like, press story. It's a per- Yes, because it's quick to tell. She has to do the impression to tell no. it. Do you think she came up with that on her own? Yeah, probably. I mean, I. do you mean, like, do I think it actually happened that way? No, do you think, like, O&M was like, oh, yeah, keep telling the story? I'm sure that there was, like, a point of discussion, like, okay, like, one of the big questions is going to be, how did you get the voice right? Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. 
Okay, so should we just talk about like general overall like themes that we notice from talking to all these women? Like what? We've talked to what 14, 12 to 14 alphabas at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think some some things definitely stuck out. I have never really internalized how tiring the show is in the book scenes for Alphaba. Like, of course, I think, oh, it's Alphaba. She has to sing so much. But I don't think I ever really took notice of, like, how much she yells when she's not singing. Yeah. And the fact that that was so universal to the point where, like, guys, we cut these episodes so you aren't necessarily hearing the same stories from every lady. But, like, yeah, pretty across the board, everyone referenced the fact that it's not necessarily the singing that hurts the vocal cords with Alphaba. It's the yelling in the book scenes. Yeah. Which makes sense because most human beings do not yell for more than like a minute at a time. You know what I mean? Like when you're mad and you're yelling, it doesn't last for three hours. It just is like for the two minutes that you're yelling. Yeah. I'm fully convinced that I don't speak correctly because I'll go to dinner with someone and lose my voice. And I'm just like, wait, should this be happening? (laughs) What about you? What did you notice as a common theme? Common theme. I mean, related to Alphable, I thought it was so interesting and funny that across the board, everyone, for the most part, loved No Good Deed and detested The Wizard and I. Yes. I would think like, oh, like you're starting off at a fresh page with The Wizard and I, mm-hmm. but every single person we talked to, except for one, except was for like, one. uh-uh, no way. Like, The Wizard and I was death's doorstep. Which, like, makes sense, really. Like, think it's your job. You roll up, especially for a matinee. You roll up. You do your warm-ups, but still. And that's, like, the first thing you have to sing. Oh, I get it. I get it. It sounds exhausting now that I think about it. I'll always think about when they look up for the unlimited, I'll think about the post-nasal drip. Shout out Caroline Bowman. Shout out for Caroline Bowman. I'll always think of that. You know what I noticed about the whole idea of like a score alphabet versus a riffing alphabet? What? A lot of the guests who we would consider like a riffing alphabet were considered themselves like not a riffing alphabet you know what i mean Mm. it was interesting how many people were like oh yeah like i might do something if i'm feeling fun one night but i really try to sing what's on the page or i try to sing what you know the option they gave me in rehearsal yeah i thought that well and i really like that like they all for the for the most part they all were like yeah, the score is the score, and for the most part, that's what I try to stick to. Yeah, made my little BFA heart happy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one last thing that was kind of a common theme as we did yeah. these interviews was how lonely it was to play Alphaba. I felt oh like that kind of kept yeah. coming up. Yeah, it definitely did. Which makes sense where it's like, in general, as like a leading role, especially in the way that Alphaba is a leading role offstage, it's going to be isolating because you're Uh not, you're like just trying to do your thing and get through it. But then to pair that with the, okay, you're on your own when you're offstage and then when you're on stage, everyone is mean to you. Yeah. Like that's got to do something mentally. It's like a mind game to like go to work and spend the whole day by yourself Yeah, and have to like focus on your job when there's no one around you to kind of like trade energy with if that makes sense which i'm sure a lot of people can relate to now working from home yeah 100 percent. so maybe we're all just a little more appreciative for alphabet after all like relate to after a year of working from home what they're doing every night is such a feat that it's gotta feel even more tiring to feel like you're going through it alone than it would if you were perhaps glinda who gets to like 
feed off of the ensemble a little bit more yeah um and who maybe gets more of a chance to like you know goof around backstage and stuff yeah and something that uh nicole parker brought up in her episode was she was talking about when she was on tour and how like there would be times where she did a full eight show week but like there were no friends or family because she was in some random city yeah. and she just had to like go home to her ho- her hotel and be like all right that was i did it you good know? job yeah yeah oh my god lonely that was interesting and that was i'm glad that nicole shared that it was good perspective Quincy, aside from our like lessons that we're taking away, did you have any like special favorite moments? Because I know yeah. I did. Okay, let's each go through like some of our favorite moments. Like a top three. Okay, top three. In no particular order. Yeah, yeah. I loved Caroline Bowman's coining of the term Elsa Vidaba. Yes. Elfa Vida Elfa wait. Elsa, Elsa Vidaba. Vidaba. Elsa Vidaba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you still can't it. say it. <laughs> Uh, to describe an actress who has played Elsa, Alphaba, and Evita, which actually maybe there's not more than you think. There's a lot of Alphavitas and Elsa Vitas. There's not a lot of Elsa Vita buzz. <laughs> How did you do that? It was hard. When we're talking favorite moments, I knew I had to pick something from our Glinda episode with Carrie St. Louis. One of my favorite things that she talked about was how much the sound designers and the sound crew uh, at the show each night can help the the people on stage, which is like big shout out to to those people. And I feel like that's a, an area of production that can often go overlooked. So yeah. I love that shout out. No, I thought it was super interesting too. I, I've never like thought about it. And I think I only did like theater in high school and college where, yeah, they told you the sound team was like helping you out. But I feel like in that <clears throat> arena, they're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it back to Nicole Parker. I think it was Nicole Parker who said that like, yeah, when you have a good sound designer, they check in with you before every show and ask yeah. you how you're feeling, where you might need help and all that kind of stuff. And I thought yeah. that was interesting. Me too. Seeing how that all works together. Takes um, a village. Takes a village. Another one I loved was, just got to say it, Donna Vivino clocking our Alpha Bowl game <laughs> <laughs> and being like, I do not subscribe to this narrative. She, we started explaining it and she just started shaking her head and we were like, okay, okay. And she's like, no, I don't agree. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> Keep us humble though. Thank you, Donna Vivino. Yeah. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> Okay, what about you? I guess it's a conversation that kind of started with Stephanie Torrens on our podcast, talking about what it's like to go on uh, as an understudy or standby, especially for somebody who's very famous. And then it kind of continued with Jackie Burns talking about If Then. And it just gave me like a deeper appreciation for understudies because I've always loved seeing an understudy or a standby go on, Mm -hmm. but I've never really thought about that they're in a lot of cases, they have to win the audience over in a way that their their principal actor would not. And it's like we, I think we love seeing an understudy or standby go on because we're so like in this Because it's like culty and fun yeah. and niche. Yeah. But like if you're just from Cincinnati trying to see a Broadway show, you're going to be a little like peeved, you know. Oh, another moment I just want to shout out. Not a moment, but just I want to thank Lindsay Heather Pierce for being our first ever guest and being such a phenomenal first guest that I really think kind of set the tone for our experience with this whole podcast. I agree. And not only was she a phenomenal first guest, but she has remained like one of our most active friends of the pod 100%. since then. She's yeah. so cool. So She's cool. So cool. Lindsay, thank you so much for being a hashtag friend of the pod. We appreciate yes. it. Yes. Um, do you have another one? 
Um, I do have another one. Okay. It's when Jackie Burns called us handsome. I feel like we should get that like on a placard. We should get nameplates for our, our sentimental men office that oh say yeah. Kevin and Quincy, and then underneath it says handsome devil slash producer slash host. Yeah, that was that's like definitely top five moments of doing this podcast. Yeah. Jackie Burns calling us handsome. Unprompted. Unprompted. She was just saying bye. Yeah, I loved it. And then one final shout out to our uh-huh. honorary sentimental men, oh James my God. and Jason. Yes. Two really like great episodes, I think. I think two great episodes. And I think I said it then too, is like two great extensions of like our views of this show. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved having James on and kind of like delving into the techniquey like yeah. nerdy stuff but then like having jason on to discuss like the other nerdy stuff with you yeah yeah yeah. the like, yeah. fanny culture of it all yeah perfect guests they were great episodes those are like two of my favorite episodes that we've done yeah me too so kevin you had a great idea about a fun game we could play i thought i would introduce a new game to you it's a game that we all know how to play called two truths and a lie thrilling Thrilling. So, Quincy, as you know, I have reached out to three of our favorite alphabas and asked them to send us voice memos that are two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have listened to these yet. We're going to listen no. to them live right now. Which and I'm trusting that you haven't listened to them either. I pinky promise. Okay, me too. All right, are you ready for our first one? I'm so ready. Hi, everyone. This is Emily Cook from the Second National Tour and Broadway Companies of Wicked. And my two truths and a lie are I went to an ENT in San Francisco because there was so much green paint stuck in my ears that I couldn't hear. I did my own makeup for two shows. And the first time I took off the green paint uh, with makeup wipes, my eyes swelled up so much that I couldn't see for two days. Oh, my God. This is hard. That's I don't know which one I want to be false <laughs> because they're all pretty terrible. They're pretty traumatic, Emily. Okay. Are you okay? I hope she's okay. Um, okay. Wait, I think... Let's recap. What are the three? It's ENT. ENT because of green in the ears. Makeup by herself for two shows. And eyes puffing up. Okay. I think it's the makeup by herself for two shows. I don't believe that they would ever make an alphabet do that. I think that's the lie too. Okay. Let's listen to the answer. Okay. Okay, the lie is I did not go to an ENT in San Francisco because there was green paint in my ears. That was actually fine. That never really happened. Um, I did go to an ENT in San Francisco, though, but just for a checkup. Emily Cook, you did your own makeup for two shows? You better send another voicemail immediately. (laughs) We need the explanation. What? Wait, we're going to reach out and you're going to do like a story or something for our grid because we need that explanation on what like circumstances led you to doing your own makeup. Are you ready for our second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Alyssa Fox from the Broadway National Tour and San Francisco Productions of Wicked. My two truths and a lie are, number one, I was the first Asian American alphaba. Number two... I played Elphaba alongside both Adam Lambert and Ashley Parker Angel of boy band fame as my Fiero. And number three, Idina Menzel saw my Elphaba show on Broadway in its entirety. Okay. Is she the first Asian American? I don't think there's another Asian American Elphaba, right? Which is, guys, let's get on. Which, that. that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I, th- 
Uh, I think that's true. So it was that. Adina Menzel saw her on Broadway. Oh, she did it with Ashley Parker Angel and Adam Lambert. That's when I'm like, it's specific enough to be true. I don't think, I don't want to Google. I know. I see. I keep seeing your hands like (laughs) lifting as if. (laughs) I don't, I don't think it's feasible. I don't think, I think the Adam Lambert, Ashley Parker Angel is false. I think, okay, my final answer is I think Adina saw like just act two or just act one or something. I got, I think I it's think the boy the bands. Oh, yeah. I wish we like, I we're like exposing ourselves. I guess we're not like that encyclopedic. I love it though. Okay, I'm going to go Behind the bands. Emerald Curtain. Okay, I'm going Emerald number Curtain. three is the, is the lie. The lie is I actually did not perform Alphaba alongside Adam Lambert. Yes! You he did was it. in the San Francisco cast before before I got there. And, but I did perform alongside Ashley Parker Angel, which was very fun on the national tour. Okay, so literally I was right. I was too scared to say on record that I think Alyssa came after Adam Lambert in the San Francisco production, but, but I you was were right. right, bitch. I should have trusted myself. I'm proud of you. I'm proud and I'm sorry for underestimating Adina's ability to sit there wicked willingness to watch the whole show. <laughs> Alyssa, that's crazy that Adina saw you as Alpha Buzz. That is so cool. I'm, I'm sure she wonder, hasn't seen many people as Alpha I was just going to say, I wonder, that's probably a small yeah, club. What, well, I mean, when we have Adina on, we'll ask. I'm ready for the next one. This is so fun. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Hey, it's Talia from the second national tour of Wicked, and here are my two truths and a lie. Number one, I completely went to the white room during The Wizard and I forgot a huge chunk of lyrics in the beginning of the song and stood there like a freaking idiot. Number two, I threw my suitcase into the orchestra pit during the first scene of the show that I'm in, during Shiz. And finally, number three, I gave my Glinda a real-life good old slap in the face during the fight scene in act two okay so i definitely believe that she slapped her glinda in the face because I that feel feels like it must happen all the time yeah i'm like that probably happens like once a week right? yeah what was she threw a suitcase during wizard and i she went to the white room during wizard and i that's the only one where i'm like it's not specific enough that it could be a lie because the other two are very specific Hmm. but like wh- how would you throw your suitcase during the wizard and i like what right. are you doing because well was it during the wizard and I or during the first scene? I don't know. I think because the only time she like puts her suitcase down is when she's like, okay, fine, kunk, let's do this. But she turns around, she turns upstage at that part. So I, unless she like let go of it and it went, I think that's the lie. I think the suitcase is the lie. It me seems too, impossible me that you could chuck a suitcase. And the lie is I did not throw my suitcase yes. into the orchestra yes. pit during the opening scene. That would be a disaster. Um, it's gotten close, but it hasn't actually happened. And let's hope it doesn't when we return to the show. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't see how that. Ha- I don't see how that can happen. No, I think you're good, girl. Two oh, hands, yeah. and you'll be fine. <laughs> Keep that grip on that suit. <laughs> it's crazy that recording this podcast has been my like fun activity of the pandemic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who it was, but when we were booking one of the guests, they were like, oh, well, let's do it a different night so that you can have your Friday nights to yourselves. And I was like, but this is like my <laughs> idyllic Friday night. Like, like, this is all we can be doing. 
So for this next section of this episode, yes, we asked you guys on Instagram to submit any questions you had about the podcast in general. Kevin, do you want to read off our first question? Yeah, our first question is from Sam, um, who wants to know how we decided who the guests were. Well, so back in summer of 2020, when Kevin and I decided to do this podcast, Kevin came up with the idea for this whole framework of let's work our way through the show. So then what we did is we kind of mapped out like how we would split the show up. And then we looked at the different sections that we had and we were like, okay, which alphabet would we want to talk about this specific section with? So really that's like how we ended up doing it. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it was just like who we thought could lend insight into that specific section. It really worked out, I think. I think we got like everyone we wanted. Everyone that we spoke to was on the list that we made that first day when we talked about it. So I'm... Yeah, which is so cool. What's the next <clears throat> question? Um, our next question comes from our friend Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Jack wants to know about how long uh, does each episode take? <laughs> I think when we launched, like when we released our first episode, we had... Five or four or, six, five, four or five episodes banked already. Yeah. But then at around Christmas break time. <laughs> 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 at around Christmas break is where things kind of caught up to both of us. And I got a new full-time job. If we had nothing to do and all the energy in the world, like we could crank out an episode like from morning to evening. Because we record everything all at once. Like you and I do the intro the guest joins us usually after like a half hour, 45 minutes. And then we talk for usually at least an hour and a half. And then we do the outro for another half hour. And then that gets condensed into 45 minutes. Yeah. So then we record from any hour and a half to three hours. And then typically I'll do a first pass edit, which takes me like three to four hours. Mm-hmm. And then I'll send it to Kevin to do his second pass edit, which I don't know. Which, how long yeah, that I would say like three or four Four plus four plus four. We could do an episode in 12 hours if we needed to. If we needed to. And honestly, and we, we have. have. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely something I learned in starting this podcast, because Kevin and I truly started this just being like, oh, yeah, let's like do a podcast where we interview Alpha. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> Had no idea like the actual time commitment of it all. <laughs> um, so it's definitely been a learning curve. And I think... He, both of us are very confident now that we can, if we if we needed to turn around an episode in like 24 hours, we could. It's just not like our ideal way of living, I think. No, <laughs> not even close. So yeah, Jack, tell me. That's your answer. That's your answer. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, Hope asked, what are we going to talk about next on the podcast? Um, which I think is a great question. Hope, that's a fantastic question. Fantastic question. Right now, the plan is that we are going to continue to talk to some of our favorite women who have been involved with Wicked. Yeah, I think we can tell them this. We have like a pretty exciting big episode planned for Wicked Day 2021. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're working on a, a really cool Wicked Day project. Yeah. A little one-year anniversary project for one us. One-year anniversary, yeah. which Because we launched on Wicked Day of 2020. Um which I'm very excited about. I know Kevin is so excited about. I am so excited about it. <laughs> so we're going to stay in Wicked World till then, but this is actually a good segue to talking about kind of what we have planned for the future because we haven't necessarily laid that out for you guys. We are going to take April off, but don't worry because we're still going to be like around on social and whatnot. Oh, yeah. 
We're not dead. We're not dead. We're uh, <laughs> we're just tired. We're just tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna be taking April off as like a genuine break where we're not prepping any episodes. We're not. Kevin and I are gonna like go back to being friends. We're not gonna talk about the podcast as much. I'm sure we will, but you know. Yeah. Um, and then we're gonna take May to start prepping for a return in June, July, August. Woo! June, July, August. June, July, August. Summer with Sentmen. Summer with Sentmen. Oh my god, that's cute. So I guess from your guys' point of view, April and May are going to be a little quiet in your podcast feeds from Sentimental Men podcast. But just as loud in your social feeds. Just as loud in your social feeds. We'll Maybe still louder. Yeah, probably. Because realistically, we talk about, we, we act like we need a break, but it's like at the end of the day, this is fun for me and Kevin. So it's like we're going to need something to keep like that alive for us. But yeah. I think it will be good for us and good for you guys if we get a break. Yes, I agree. It's going to be a win-win for all involved. And then when we return in June, we're going to be two episodes a month. So every other week, we'll be releasing a new episode. Yeah, we're going to give it a try. We're going to see how it works. So June, July, August, you'll have six new episodes coming at you all in the wicked world. And then we're going to take a month off to prep for our big episode coming at the end of October. And after that, it's anyone's guess. Quincy, I don't even know in my personal life what I'm doing like two weeks from now, but I know <laughs> for the next year what my sentimental men's schedule is. Isn't it crazy that we're planning out a year in advance? I never thought that we'd be doing this. And as far as like the whole season thing goes, because I feel like I've seen a lot of you guys ask about like what is season two going to be? I don't think that we are necessarily going to like restrain ourselves to a season structure after this. I think we're just going to like talk to who we want to talk to when we want to talk to them. Yeah, it's very Ariana Grande, thank you, Next Era, when she was like, I don't want to do pop eras for albums anymore. I just want to release music when I want to. It's very that. But trust that you guys will always be in the know. Like, you know that you can expect six episodes from June through August. It's definitely not the end. We're only getting started. So I hope that answers some of your guys questions for what's coming up kevin and i are very excited for the future we're excited for a break but we're also excited for what's to come immediately after the break as we look to the future let's also take some time to like think about how cool this whole first season was i'm really proud of us kevin oh me too i think about it every day all the time i'm just like we're i'm very proud of us and i'm very proud i will say this I'm very proud that we like did what we did just like being us. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have to like call in a lot of favors. We didn't have to like go through any back doors or like weird channels to to accomplish That's anything. We just we just like were nice are like nice good people selves and it like attracted the kind of people we wanted on the podcast. So that's I'm very proud of that. Yeah, so we'll see you guys in June. It sounds long, but it's not, guys. It's not. It's I mean, it's two months. Yeah, and like engage with us on social. We will be there. I'm sure there's like a live or two in your future on Instagram. Yeah. We'll be there, you know? Um, oh my so God. So I guess that's kind of sad. I know. Yeah, I don't know how to end it. I Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye for now. Bye for now. Curtain's coming down. Curtain's coming down. This is the curtain call. Thank you for listening. So appreciative. Don't leave till the orchestra's done playing. TTYL. Bye, guys.
You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DiMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And an extra special thank you to our fabulous guests, Lindsay Pierce, Caroline Bowman, Stephanie Torns, Donna and Natalia Vivino, James Kennedy, Teal Wicks, Emma Hunton, Julia Murney, Jason Wilkes, Carrie St. Louis, Jenna Lee Green, Jackie Burns, Nicole Parker, and Carrie Ellis. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. Quincy, I think before we go away, we should do one more episode. Do you? I do. I think we really should. All right. Who should we do it with? (laughs) Hello, gentlemen.